0: Monday, happy days Today, Wednesday, happy days Thursday, Friday, happy days The weekend comes, my cycle hums Ready to race to you These days are all right. Happy days These days are all Sheldon with me Goodbye, grey sky Welcome to Rockin' All Week with you, Season 4, Episode 2 I'm your host, Dan and this is a Happy Days podcast. I hope you're enjoying this Happy Days podcast. We're around episode, I don't know, 34? 33? 34. Let's say it's 34. Somewhere around there. But this is a, this episode, uh, the second one, we are covering two half-hour episodes. Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 3 and A Mind of Their Own. I explained in the previous episode why the second part of a two-parter is called Part 3. And so I won't explain it again. And in fact, Seasons 5 and 6, which have similar things happening, I won't explain there either. I'll just refer you to Season 4, Episode 1, Episode. The Season 4 episode... Yeah, that makes sense, right? The Season 4, Episode 1, Episode. So this is Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 3, Mind of Their Own. Uh, we are we are cooking now, September into October. F- uh, Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 3, or as you would have originally seen it, if uh, Part 2... This is September 28th, 76, uh, written by Joe Glauberg, directed by Jerry Paris, of course, and follows on from the de- Demolition Derby. Um, the uh, Malachi brothers are after the Fonz, and Pinky has been taken to the hospital. Ending. Let me play a little something. We'll be right back to talk about this episode. One night, they were celebrating New Year's Eve. He was out, ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. Call me evil. Every New Year's Eve, the caller came out. here we go the demolition derby is in full swing the Fonz is angry although not quite as angry as he seemed at the end of the previous episode but that's a cliffhanger thing for you they're doing all that all the time and he 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 very quickly takes out the Malachi brothers he actually um seals count Malachi into the men's outhouse which is release the pigeons which is very uh very funny image Uh, and he goes to the hospital with Richie to find out how Pinky is doing. And he, I'm probably going to just spoil this one, he announces that he wants to ask Pinky to marry him. She says yes. He says he'll follow her around the country, uh, you know, with her show, be her, like, the head, the president of the Pinky Corporation. Everything is going fine until the Pinkettes bring the Fonz his paycheck. And the Fonz isn't too thrilled about that and realizes that he's just going to be... He's not going to be the Fonz anymore. He's going to be Mr. Pinky Tuscadero. And he says, Sorry, Pinky. And she says, I understand. And she leaves. Never to be seen again. I guess... I guess... Now, Leather will show up. Leather is... Her cousin? Her sister? I forget. We'll, we'll, we'll get to... My sister. My mother. Um, we get, we'll get to that when we get to that. But let let's do... Just real quick, let's talk Roz Kelly. Roz Kelly played Pinky in this. As I mentioned in the previous episode, they had ads for you know the Fonzie's getting a, the Fonzie's getting a girlfriend. Yeah, and, well, they didn't, they didn't quite go like that. But it's Pinky Tuscadero who's mentioned in the previous. season, just the way J.D. Piccolo was mentioned in the in the previous episode. They sort of lay the ground there and um now, now none of this like i mean the thing with happy days is 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 this is me being retroactively having fun with it but there's another big moment in this which seems a bit like why did they do that which is actually laying the ground for stuff that happens much later in the series and i will i will mention that in a moment if i remember i'm kidding i hope i remember one of the things that the show does that is fun is you know the previous season mentions pinky now we get pinky the previous episode mentioned jenny piccolo soon we'll get jenny and she'll become a major i mean major character i mean when we hit season 10 and Joni and chachi are gone uh jenny and and richie is gone ralph is gone jenny and kc will be our sort of main teen gals circa 63 64 whatever the heck we're supposed to be set in uh, uh, around season 10 roz kelly roz kelly was a photographer and she became an actress. Now I know her for a bunch of things. She is in one of the early De Palma films, um, I believe. jeez I think it's High Mom. Uh, she she plays. Um, she's in it. You'll see her. Look for her. You'll you'll see her in that. Um, I don't want to ruin it because I sat there. I got uh, Arrow Video put out a wonderful uh, set that my my sweet wife got me uh, for Christmas a year or so ago. Uh, with Greetings Hi Mom and the the Society Party, the dinner party, that was not so great. But Greetings and Hi Mom are lots of fun. I'm a huge Diploma fan. And, um, you know, uh, those two are lots of fun. They're not quite the sort of suspense, horror, crazy ass kind of things. Some people would call, um, you know, a Hitchcock rip-offs. I say, I don't know. I don't know I mean couldn't we all call much of cinema like D.W. Griffith rip-offs I don't know he he invented kind of the vocabulary of cinema you know that's at troublesome as some of it might be um in the teens so you know so so to um to to call the palma and say you know this is rear window and sisters is rear window and uh dressed to kill does a, a psycho thing and you know all that kind of stuff and you know, blow out is blow up i know that's not Hitchcock. you know um body double does a rear window thing sort of voyeuristic thing they shove it um yeah, so she's in one of those and she's fun in that. It was it's one of those performances where it's like you sit there watching the scene. I think I think it's the scene with De Niro. He's the star of of Greetings and, and Hi Mom. And you kind of watch it and go, Is that who is that? I recognize it. oh my God is Roz Pinky Duscadero Kelly. And that brings us on to another of her her big roles, at least to me. Curse of the Black Widow. No, I'm kidding. She is in that and she's great, and that's a fun TV movie. The, at the end of September second half of September these two episodes are they're huge the ratings are huge the show is number one Roz Kelly has been sold as Pika Tuscadero the Fonz's girlfriend spoiler at the end of this episode she is no longer the Fonz's girlfriend she rides off into the sunset in a decent mix of studio shots and on location shots and a decent mix of some you know dubbed in voices and not dubbed in voices but she's gone she will not return i think folks who folks who think about the fonz's romances in this show because he has a lot of them they they remember pinky but they forget that the best romance he had is season 10 with Linda Pearl and not the same Linda Pearl character from from season 2 but i forget her character's name but you know she's with um, the gal from poltergeist that's that's the fonz's best romance cuz that develops over a season It has a bit of an ass kind of ending to it at the start of season 11. But season 11 kind of has to, when budgets are cut and cast members are cut down, it has to readjust itself very quickly, especially with Joni and Chachi returning. That's that's me jumping ahead. But pop-culturally, the Fonz and Pinky is the romance they remember. It's not really that much of a romance, though. The tricky thing with this episode is they get... Uh, engage properly halfway into the episode, which means that I don't, I don't know if you, I don't think you would have known when you originally watched it, but in the second half of it, it falls apart like this. I mean, it almost feels like the way they set up the first part or parts one and two, the first hour, and the way they set up the first half of this episode feels almost like they were told she's going to be here, she's going to be here for a while. The Fonz obviously isn't going to leave. But but one gets the feeling that they're working towards putting something together. I mean, even in the first half of it, there is... You watch the first half of it and it's like... You know, it's implied that she's going on the road. She's doing her thing. But it's the second half of it where the Fonz is the prez. And he's in charge. And he gets the check. And he's bothered. And he ends it. It really, to me, feels like... I would almost love to see if if was it Arthur Silver wrote the first hour of this that the, the previous episode I would love it if it was Arthur Silver and Joe Glauberg almost as if Arthur Silver wrote one version then when they decided the pinky wasn't going to continue Joe Bla- Glauberg was brought in to write the second half because if you watch it just just sit down and watch it the first half sets up takes a lot of time setting up the Fonz wanting to Propose. He has Richie give one of his Richie speeches, and Richie is, is kind of half hearted. And the Fon says, "Oh, that was awful." And Richie says, "Yeah, I know because I think you two should get married." And then and then the Malachi brothers show up in quite a sweet moment where you realize that it's just there's no there's no there's no animosity. It's just this is what we do. We're on the, we're on the, we're on. The, you know, it's like if you, it's like if you're on the PBA bowling tour, you know, and and I don't know. You know, and 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 you know, like one day Mark Roth came out like knocked over Earl Anthony or something like in the late seventies, early eighties kind of thing. You know, it wouldn't. You know, it's not. It's not personal. It's just like this is how we make our living. This is what we do. You know, and they and and as I mentioned in the previous episode, you know, um, a Rocco um, do, doesn't actually he, he he still in this episode he is surprised. Like, what the heck were you doing getting out of your car? So it is an accident. And as I said to the way the stunt woman does it is really professionally done to the point where you think, I mean, like I feel like me getting hit by a car was worse than what happened to Pinky. Uh, So, so this episode to me, this episode really feels like the first half is a setup for Fonzie's happy days. And then the second half is everyone scrambling around to write Pinky out as quick as possible. They leave in a really weird moment, which I'm going to mention in a moment. Well, I'll mention it now. Joni, who's very grown up, is not wanting to go. They're going to have a Leopard Lodge thing where they're going to give Howard a plaque. And Howard, Mrs. C, and Joni are barely in this episode. Um, Joni, does not want to, Joni wants to go to the Fonz's engagement party, which I'm a little confused about the timeline of, but we we don't have to go into that. Joni doesn't want to go, yeah, to the, to the leopard lodge. It's just an old bunch of old fuddy duddies. And even Mrs. C is like, yeah, I know it's bun- going to be a bunch of old fuddy duddies. Um, but in the end, after Mr. C and Fonzie talk about the Fonz getting married and settling down. Although, he, it's funny, he talks about like a white picket fence. Look, look, look like I said again, look at the first act, the first half, like the white picket fence. And he's describing all this stuff. But then the second act, is like, oh, we're going to the Ed Sullivan show in New York City tomorrow. And then we're going, you know, it's like, mm, is that, it really does seem like the they, they didn't quite join up the two acts as well as they should have. Uh, but that's okay and um it's funny that Joni mentions joining the pink cats because we will see something i i don't think it's this season i think it's the next season with leather uh, maybe it's this season i forget um but but with leather where something will happen i think maybe it's later this season um but uh but there's a great moment here where it, it's actually it's like i said it seems like a superfluous moment but there's a fun moment here where Mr. C says, No, Joni, go and go and go to Fonza's party. And then Joni looks at Mrs. C and she kind of gives her a look. And Joni says, No, Dad, I'm, I'm proud of you. You know, I want to go with you. And Mr. C says, Fonzie, that's why it's all worth it. And the crowd bursts into huge applause as they leave. Now, that to me seems like a leftover joke from an early draft because it doesn't match up to the fact that the Fonz is about to get the check from the Pinkettes and say, I can't do this. But it does match up with the fonts. we will see as the show goes along. Um, I'm not going to go too in-depth into it right now, but it will stretch into uh, the romance in Season 10, and it will stretch into passages, The, um, the finale of the... Not the last episode that aired. We'll get to that when we get to that. But the series finale and so it's, it's an interesting moment that that to me seems very overdone right here it's like where did that come from why did you do that you know this is this is very much now like a good times crowd it's an all in the family crowd it's a mod crowd they're shrieking and screaming about everything they did that in the third season but really here they're really going for it i think the thing that buoys it is some very nice scenes between uh, henry winkler and ron howard uh, Richie is, is really, uh, great in this episode. Uh, the, the Fonz kind of goes through a lot of emotions and he's here and there and he's up and down. And when he gets the pink check from uh, Pinky, he's, he's down and, and, um, doesn't, doesn't the, um, I was going to say, doesn't look at the pinkettes, the, um, the, the scene where they give the Fonz the check and the, the dark haired pinkette, like the brunette, I think she had brunette or maybe she black hair, um, Kisses the fawns. Doesn't she look like? Is it Raffaello from Parks and Rec? You know, the um, uh, how did you make your money? I made my money. I got hit by Alexis. You know, that that character, that really annoying kid. Ca- oh crap. Um, his he, he he and his sister are in Parks and Rec, and it turns out their dad is a gynecologist played by Henry Winkler. Boom. Look, look up Parks and Rec. <laughs> she looks like is it raffaello i forget what his character's name is he keeps getting in business stuff with tom and um because i'm technically homeless he's a great character and looks like that pink cat that's just me saying that uh let's see what else uh jerry paris does do some very wide shots of the booths against the wall of arnold's which seems really small on the inside right now like it's really small Arnold is only in it briefly. He he he. Appear, everyone appears in the beginning during the demolition derby, uh, thrown out random you know, inter, uh, inserted lines, but Arnold, uh, you see him shaving before the party and um, wondering how. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Al is shaving before the party, wondering how Arnold um, made any money off of Arnold's. He must have made some. He, he seems to be doing okay. I really, I gotta say, I really do think that if you watch the Fonzie Loves Pinky extravaganza as parts one and two, the first hour, and the first act of three as one story, and then you watch the second act of three as a completely different thing, it makes more sense because he's so in love with Pinky. And the, here, here's the thing, like, like Pinky seems to like the fons, but she also seems kind of disassociated from the fonz especially the way the fonz kind of says it's over and she's like okay oh yeah and and that final scene where like the photographer well, it like oh um Mr. Tuscadero we need you in the shot it's like he's the fonz and the crowd is in hysterics and claps and everything but um to me it's not terribly convincing it it, it feels like it, it feels slightly off and especially the way when that photographer is taking pictures he you know he shows up at the party to take pictures of Pinky and the Fonz but it's over so the Fonz leaves Pinky is Pinky and, and the Pinkettes are like posing and it's really uncomfortable looking posing like Ross Kelly doesn't well like I guess um I guess that's the thing with Ross Kelly throughout these I mean like like i like i like i meant to say on sidetrack roz kelly like i don't know if she alienated the cast and crew or what it was but they from what i've read they didn't like her and she kind of badmouthed them and um she was supposed to be a big part of the show but um this these are the only two episodes she's in or three episodes she's in And she was meant to be a big part of the show, but she is gone. Leather will be in more episodes than Pinky is. She was supposed to be such a part of it, but she's, to me, like, I don't know. Pinky just feels, she's slightly uncomfortable. She's in a slightly different show. It is, look, I think I I mentioned last time, it does have a bit of a feel of that, like, when you had a good friend in school who suddenly fun, fell in love with a gal or a guy who didn't quite seem right for them but they spent all their time with them and you had to deal with that that's what this feels like to me it's i've, I've always felt these were an uncomfortable bunch of episodes i wish i didn't i wish i didn't i wish the Fonz's big romance here was not like that that the problem is that in, with foresight that season 10 romance is so much better then this is better written. It's more interesting. They're a better couple, um, and this just feels this just feels like a a shot, something to do for ratings, and a new direction for the show that failed. Um, through no one's fault. Well, maybe someone's fault. I don't know. But but just the fault of it didn't work. You know. And Roz Kelly would go on, and she would be. Here's the fun thing. Um, about um less than a month. From when this episode airs, two weeks, three weeks, she would be in Paul Lynn's Halloween special, which shot, obviously, it didn't shoot at Halloween. It shot in like probably in like August or so. It, it shot around the time when she shot this. And in the Paul Lynn's Halloween special, which is so much fun. Camp, can camp hurt? Eh, maybe it can. You decide with Pauline's Halloween special, and um, oh god, I'm seeing Pinky and the, the Pinkettes doing their posing up on stage, and and her posing isn't convincing me at all. And that one gal looks like I got hit by Alexis, so she's in Pauline's Halloween special, and the show was so huge that it was pitched, and it's like Florence Henderson, you know Tim Conway. Kiss, Betty White, Margaret Hamilton, Roz, Pinky Duscadero Kelly, you heard in the previous episode, I put in a clip where where, where Paul Lynn calls her Pinky. But by that time in mid-October, she was no longer on the show. She was never going to be back on the show. And so it's so weird that pop culturally, if you look at it, chronologically pop culturally, she was gone from the show. And yet she was kind of this weird part of the show which makes me smile and makes me want to watch paul lynn's halloween special immediately if i can find my dvd of it the other main thing we know ross kelly from is new year's evil which is a super fun 1980 around the time of came out around the time of friday the 13th so if um slasher film so so it came around the time of friday the 13th so if if you have strict rules for what slasher films do new year's evil doesn't do that it's more of a thriller with horror slasher horror moments in it which a lot of slasher films were before friday the 13th made killing and graphic killing graphic and creative killings that what slasher films did and so i recommend new year's evil i think it's a lot of fun it's directed by a guy named Emmett alston previously right before that he directed a film called three-way weekend which isn't great but new year's evil is fun and so I'll, i'll stop talking here um I, th- I think this is an episode of two parts, even though this is the third part. The first episode is looking towards a bright future for the Fonz and Pinky. The moment the second act begins, it really does feel like maybe like Joe Glauberg's name is listed in the writer credits, but I think I, I, I think uh, Arthur Silver was like a story editor, so maybe he was like, "Oh crap, they're not bringing Roz back. I have to rewrite this," and so it feels really it doesn't feel dramatic i guess i guess is what i'm saying the first hour i had some problems with here and there but is dramatic it has a dramatic build to it and it builds towards the romance build the appearance of pinky the romance the demolition derby it builds it builds this builds towards a moment at the halfway point and then kind of plummets and then kind of Quickly, in like less than ten, like ten minutes, like wipes out all of that. It does have a fun post credit, uh, pre pre closing credits tag sequence with, um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, like them in the woods somewhere near Paramount Studio, whatever it is. Looks like Universal. Um, and and Pinky leaves with the Pinkettes and and the Fonz and Richie head off together back into you know the town. I'm not sure where they are. I mean, it looks like they're. It looks like they're either in an episode of MASH or Dukes of Hazard. I can't. I can't say because at this point, Dukes of Hazard wasn't on yet. To me, that's a tricky thing with Fonzie loves Pinky, Part, Parts One and Two. I'm not enamored of. I think they have some good moments. I I, I. I. think that the the that first hour is the show is almost too in love with the fact that it's so popular, and the Fonz is so popular. And part three just has this shift in the middle where it seems like everyone's scrambling to rewrite uh, the ending, uh, where they should have rewritten the entire episode. And to me, it feels weird. Uh, do I like it? <clears throat> um, it's okay. It's okay. We're we're into the season now. You know, it's it's sort of one of those things like um, what was it um season seven of the x-files that began with is it the sixth extinction part one and two which is um you know generally the x-files had great s- cliffhangers at the end of a season and pretty fine openings but season seven was one of those ones where you sit there and watch the Six extinction part one and part two you sit there for two hour long episodes going where is this going and then when it gets to the end of it you're like oh thank god we're at the end now we can get back to regular episodes that's kind of what this feels like to me obviously Fonzie loves pinky part one two and three are less elaborate than the six extinction uh, from next files uh 88 was that 88 uh, oh i'm sorry 98 98 95 93 to 4 to 4 to 5 and 5 and 6 6 99. Sorry, 99. But that's kind of what this feels like to me is like, okay, they did the big opener. They pulled in the crowds. They got everyone excited. All that junk is behind us. Let's see what the next episode brings. And the next episode is a mind of their own. Listen to this. <laughs> Now get ready to smile again with Radio's home folks. They can say, written by Paul Ryan Well, sir, it's early evening as our scene opens now, and here in the living room of the small house halfway up in the next block, we find our friends abiding quietly at home. Mister Victor Gook and Mister Rush Gook are established on opposite sides of the library table, competing briskly at rummy, while Sade in her husband's easy chair. Concerns herself with the Daily Love Story in the newspaper. At this particular moment, one of the card players is remarking, Here, here, my man. There's a rule about looking at the discard. You do it. When? Lots of times. Sighted in. Huh? You've made a serious accusation. Unless you substantiate that accusation. Oh, come with on. Play. It's your turn. Oh, is it? See? Your poor fuddled brain can't hey. even grasp it. Hello there, Dave. How are you? Fine. George, you looking fine? You know what I wish you'd do? Go over there and give you a hug. I wish you'd write to Walter. It's October fifth, nineteen seventy-six. A Mind of Their Own, written by Jack Winter, directed, of course, by Jerry Paris. In this one, the Fonz has been picking a lot of fights lately. He picks a fight with a guy named Bernie. Um, To sort of protect Potsy But he doesn't really need to And he beats him up in the Arnold's parking lot And he's been getting a lot of fights And eventually he goes to a psychologist Who tells him to build birdhouses But then Bernie shows up at Arnold's With his bigger brother Butch And they kind of pick on the Fonz for a bit Until the Fonz takes care of them That's the um That's a plot breakdown For this It's It's pretty straightforward It's almost It is a full episode But it almost feels like a sketch Of an episode It almost feels like um it feels. It feels. A little, there. There will be plenty of episodes of the show that feel like this, um, because we had the the two previous episodes. We had the, the really feeling. The the, the real feeling that the show was building towards um, something, with Fonzie and Pinky, and then of course that doesn't happen in the end. And this one begins, and you have the the whole um, uh, Shmiggy with the fighting and everything like that, and you think. That the reason why or I always think the reason why the Fonz is getting in these fights, the reason why the Fonz is so angry is because of Pinky. He's sad that he lost her and angry that, that he's not she's not in his life anymore. And so he's getting these fights. That would have been cool. That would have been something that they did today on a show. But on the show that almost became Fonzi's Happy Days, that's not what happens we go through sort of a standard sitcom thing here where like this, this character suddenly is gotten angry and he's picking fights and things like that. We got to find out, you know, why is Arnold getting it? Why is Willis getting in fights? You know, why is, you know, why are Ricky and David getting in fights? You know, why are the, why is Natalie getting in fights? You know, that, that sort of thing. And that's really what it feels like after the opening two part episodes. It feels like when they decided Fonzie's happy days, they, they, had a bunch of scripts commissioned that were sort of like, okay, Fonz gets in fights, Fonz does this, Fonz... We'll see if, if this is something that bears out across the season. But that's sort of what this episode feels like to me. It's like, all right, we're calling Fonzies Happy Days. Pitch us an idea, Jack. Uh, how about the Fonz gets really angry about something, and he keeps picking fights. And so he goes to a psychologist, and the psychologist has to make birdhouses, and then some guy almost beats him up, and then the Fonz takes care of him. That's fantastic, going right. That it's not a bad episode. It's I think it's a missed opportunity because Pinky isn't mentioned. I don't know actually when this was made. This, for all I know, this could have been made eight or nine episodes later, after the Afonso loves Pinky stuff. But you think that might have been mentioned because it isn't at all. There's no absolutely no no mention of Pinky in this episode, and it, it's actually said in the end that the fonz work at the at the, at the um, repair shop has been real slow lately. And he gets out most of his aggression's pounding away on cars, and he hasn't been able to pound on cars, so he's been pounding on people. We we had in the in the previous what was it the previous season, where Richie um, gets tough, the one with Jeff Conaway, and Rocco, right? Um, we had Richie talk to the Fonz about fighting and and Fonz basically say so so have you seen me in a fight and Richie kind of realizes that wow Fonz I've never actually seen you fight before And it's because that the Fonz doesn't do that but in this one I think they say like, the Fonz has gotten into like eight fights in a week which seems excessive to me it seems um they're overdoing it seems very sitcomy is how it seems I think the way I take an episode like this because it's it's, it feels very inconsequential to me because in the episode you know none of this is going to get mentioned again and you wish Pinky was mentioned and everyone is really supporting character except for Richie and the Bernie and Butch thing is really kind of secondary too and, and it's just, it feels a little lazy it feels like a show that knows that everybody loves it And isn't the actors aren't the actors are giving it their all? Richie, frankly, Ron Howard looks a little bemused throughout, but 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 Henry Winkler is giving it all. Joni, uh, Iron Moran, is certainly giving it her all. And but but the script is sort of eh, you know, it could be for other another sitcom, you know, that they just adapted to the Fonz. And um, is it funny? Mm. There are a few funny moments. It's always great to see the Fonz sort of come in and protect someone but when in the, in the opening scene when he protects potsy is going to get beat up by bernard 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 it, bernard it, bernard it. um because he's potsy's chatting with the guy's girlfriend and he's been uh, potsy's been helping the girlfriend with homework and there's a really weird moment where i i some some of the script is just is just strange this really weird moment where the the word bernard bernard um, Bernie um, goes over to Potsy, picks him up, is ready to beat him up. And like Potsy and Richie are both like to the girlfriend, are like, would you please tell him what's going on? And her response is, oh, I don't want to get involved. What are you talking about? <laughs> you, he, he's, he, your boyfriend's about to beat someone up. That you were just talking to, you're already involved. That doesn't make any sense, and it's a weird. It's a weird statement. And then the Fonz shows up, and it's always great those moments when the Fonz kind of shows up, and he's got kind of this look on his face, like, "Hey, I'm the Fonz. Knock this off, you jerk." And there, there are some great moments in it. The, The scene with the psychologist is is a is a fun scene, and. You know the Fonz builds his birdhouses and they get smashed up, and Joni gets to wear the Fonz's um, uh, leather jacket for a while, which is great. And you get to you learn that Howard had a time where he was a compulsive eater, but the psychologist helped him out. You learn that Joni doesn't make a lot for her allowance every week, and there's a weird moment where she says like, "I need to make more of my allowance." You should see what I have to do just to get. You should see what I have to hang around with just to get a coke. And Mr. C says i wonder what she has to do to get a milkshake or something like that and it's one of those lines where it's like no no and no um and and Joni's getting older she's 14 here she's getting older and older here's what i'll do i'll go into this specifically about the show the actual episode is okay what i think makes the episode worth watching is and i don't know this for certain but one of the joys of happy days along with a lot of um, long-running uh, sitcoms like this and i know that, like folks who are used to the way stories are told nowadays and the way sitcoms... i mean everything's gotten like I'm, my wife and i have been watching parks and Rec and we're almost all the way through parks and Rec and it's a fun show it gets it's tone wrong sometimes which confuses me i think i've said this before but because now we're near the end um but like parks and rec everything is serialized and so much stuff is serialized and you you don't get a lot of like standalone episodes of things you know like one of the reasons i love doctor who is doctor who still does um will do um you know very much standalone kind of things when it serializes stuff like Stephen moffat did for caesar series six it seems to confuse people but anyway um so so shows like this doesn't they don't serialize i mean we get stuff like there's talk of richie going to college so we know they are graduating from from high school soon so we know college will begin for him soon we obviously know Joni's getting older um we haven't seen the Fonz's place yet have we this season not yet huh but potsy's getting dumber ralph uh, ralph calls Joni in the Leather Jacket is Leo Gorsi with Freckles hey Leo Gorsi is pretty funny as far as the Bowery Boys go You know, and, and, and all of those uh, all of those movies hey I own all four of the Bowery Boys That's I've said this before the four four Bowery Boys Warner Archives DVD set with all 48 movies and actually over the course of I think it was May and June I watched all 48 in order I gotta tell you some of the last ones where Gorsi isn't in them anymore and it's just Hunts Hall as much as I love Hunts Hall those are a little rough to watch. Leave without Leo Gorsey, They're slip and satch. Got to be together. Without the two of them together, it gets rough. But I like the Leo Gorsey with freckles thing. Um, that made me laugh. Cause if this is the end of the fifties, the um, the Bowery Boys movies ended in '58, I think, around there. So they still probably would have been playing. There were so many of them. They might have been playing in like a second run theater or something like that. To me, the best way to enjoy this episode. Is to take it as sort of a brief chapter. I mean, because look at look at the way it's structured. It's it's really kind of odd the way yeah he's fighting and then they have this scene with the psychologist, which is maybe like four or five minutes long. And then they go to Arnold's, and they meet the jerks. And then they go back to um, the Cunninghams. And Fonz learns that people are kind of thinking he's a, he's a he's a coward. And then he goes back to the Cunning. And then he goes back to Arnold's, and it ends. And then there's a strange tag scene with Arnold dancing with a gal. I hope you're Italian. We love Arnold. He's going to become a great character as the seasons go along. Here he's, we're still a little iffy on him. Or Al. Sorry. Why do I? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep doing that because I. I've been talking about Arnold for the past season. Sorry, Al. Al has the has the sort of um dance with this this woman and, and uh Yeah, um it's I mean I, I think there there hits, hits a point with sitcoms like this where there's so many episodes. I mean, we're not even you know, there are approximately two hundred and fifty episodes we're going to be discussing here. Counting hour long episodes is one, not two. Two hundred and fifty episodes and we're not a hundred in yet. So we got a lot of episodes to talk about. And there are going to be episodes that are important. Then There are going to be episodes that mean something. There are going to be episodes that will you will look back at and when we get to future episodes and we'll go, oh, okay, this this was actually, remember when this happened two seasons ago? I don't remember if this is one of those episodes. I don't remember if the Fonz suddenly flaring up and fighting with people. I know there is an episode where we're going to see him in a flashback to when I think he meets Richie. And he was when he was in a gang still, but that's not for a little while. Maybe that's this season actually, but I don't think I don't think so. But I, the way I look at the episode like this is, to me, it's very much—it's um, a chapter. It's a chapter in an ongoing story. It's a segment. I mean, you you must remember. I mean, uh, this, this is a bad time. Just, I mean, I'm I'm recording this September fifteenth, twenty twenty. Hey, happy. F- 55th anniversary to Green Acres, Oliver Buys a Farm aired um, uh, it's 8 o'clock right now I'm, I'm sorry, 6pm right now Pacific Standard Time I believe it aired at 9 so in 3 hours from now 55 years ago GA began its run. bitchin' so anyways, I, and yes I would love to do a Green Acres show I would also love to have you read my Henningverse book we will, that that'll be another time so, oh, you know what? It's just funny. I have the I have the episode on here, but I forgot to actually hit play on it. So look at this episode as one in a continuing series of chapters. It's it's tricky because in the first two seasons, because they were um, without the laugh tr- with the laugh track, single camera, things felt a bit more substantial. I think here they feel like a series of comedy scenes, and then it ends. And that's not bad, though. And watch it. Enjoy it. We've got 250 of them. It's not a problem. But it also means that at the end of it, it does feel inconsequential and doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like we've accomplished much. And the problem with finding those pinky part one and two and finding the pinky part three is at the end of those, we didn't feel like we accomplished much either. So I think what we're watching here is an extremely popular show um, in a weird space where it... It was meant to sort of reboot itself or reform itself as Fonzie's Happy Days, but it's not going to. And so I, th- I really feel like we're still in a weird space where it is still Fonzie's Happy Days, although it's not supposed to be. And maybe that'll clear up in a, in a few episodes. I don't know. I'm just going to say, watch this episode as a chapter in a very long book. A good chapter? That's an okay chapter. There's some laughs. You'll enjoy yourself. It's not boring it's definitely not boring is it good it's good is it great no but it's worth watching and let me dive into some some incidents and i'm not meaning to put down you know i'm the episode is is pretty decent standard mid-70s sitcom um and i kind of wish potsy had more to do because anson williams really has, has some great moments here when he's being picked on by um bernard bernard there um but anyway, uh, what else do we have going on in here? Bill Eidelson plays the psychologist, and he's he's pretty he's pretty fun. And there's a great bit where the Fonz is kind of making out with the secretary and he's like oh man i've been trying to get her to go out with me for ages and it's implied that he gave her the job as a secretary because he wanted to go out with her and i think forgive him i'm wrong but at the end of the episode when the Fonz and richie are going on a double date he's with the secretary but bill idelson is known for writing several episodes two episodes of happy days and he actually wrote and i'm guessing since back at this time period when you wrote something most of the script was yours unless there was something terribly wrong with it but he is the one who wrote has written my favorite episode of happy Days so far guess who's coming to christmas the second season happy days christmas episode the first like like i've said when we talked about that back then up until the point when the car break up until the point we get the hardware party the episode is okay but once we get the hard party, the car breaks down and we learn that the Fonz maybe is not as happy as he should be at Christmas. It becomes funny and charming and and so so holiday, so Christmassy and melancholy and then kind of yes at the end of it. So that man you're seeing, who's the psychologist, um, wrote Guess Who's Coming to Christmas? Bill Idelson. Bill Idelson was also Rush Gook in um, My favorite second favorite top three top four old-time radio shows in america so we're talking shows like we're talking like amos and andy circa 1929 to um 62 when yours truly johnny dollar and um uh suspense went off uh, dragnet is one of my favorites anything Bob and Relay is Bob and Ray Bob and Relay. Bob and Ray is one of my Bob and Ray related and it became Bob and Relay. Bob and Ray related is one of my favorites. The Bob and Ray nineteen I'm looking forward to Bob and Ray. Bob 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 and Ray show up on the show in season six or seven, I think. When the Cunninghams get married again. Mr. Mrs. C get married again. Um What's Wrong with Big H? Um Fonz calls Howard Big H at one point. But there is, there is the the CBS Comedy Time, fifteen minute, five times a week, nineteen fifty nine and nineteen sixty show, that um, Bob and Ray did. You can get, you can't get all of them. There would be like two hundred fifty episodes, but you you uh, you can't get all of them. But you get about two hundred and ten or so of them, and they are a flipping joy. Um, but Vic and Sade is probably is top top 3 of my all-time favorite shows it ran from 32 to 44 you can look it up it had a couple iterations after that but it remained ran from 32 to 44 it was on it started six times a week it was a strip show which is what the soap operas were called it was on six times a week originally uh Monday through Saturday then it was Monday through Friday and it was 15 uh generally live I pretty much always live um f- 5 15 minute episodes a day it's an incredible show Throughout its run, apart from little bits here and there, it was basically three to four. It started off as two characters, just two, then three, and then four. And sometimes there's only two in an episode, so occasionally there was only one. And it's the Gooks who live in, um, I think they live outside of Chicago, and it's Vic, his wife, Sade, their adopted son, Rush, who was played by Bill Idelson. Mr. Bill Idelson, the psychologist in this, played Rush. Up until uh, like 42 when he joined the army and fought in World War II and there was a replacement. Russell was brought in for him. And uh, there was another character, Uncle Fletcher, on there too. Those are the main characters. And the show was great because pretty much every episode was... Every episode was written by the same guy, Paul Reimer. And so he wrote 5, 15 minutes... After commercials, were more like 11. But like 5, 11 minutes a week. Uh, a week. And like every... Day he would come in and, you know, have a new script for them to do. And, um, it was a it's a joy. The show is a joy. Um, sadly, there are only about 320 or so episodes that exist. Most of them were destroyed because uh, they did, um, um, acetates, uh, recordings of, of all of them. And most of them were destroyed. But we have, like I said, we have about 300 of them and they are a joy. They're well written, well put together. And they're all. As far as i know all the ones i've heard are in real time so they're these like 11 minute long snapshots of this very middle class family in in this small town just doing going about their business and it's it's funny it's charming it's well written it's pretty freaking addictive and bill idelson was one of the main characters so that's awesome so uh, I could talk about m- more about him, but I won't. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, we got the Joni. Uh, Joni in the leather jacket. Joni complaining about our allowance. We get some great Jerry Paris stuff where when it cuts from Joni sulking on the couch, it, it cuts from that to a, a medium, medium, almost close-up shot of Mr. C sitting in a chair and things look kind of like slightly out of focus or weird. Um, And then whenever they're moving around the Cunningham set of the living room, dining room, kitchen area, like look up at the top, like where it's so dark. It's like I'm looking up like houses at that time's the houses at that time these these houses they really didn't have high high ceilings so you look up and it's so weird because whenever the camera moves around and you can see like in the corner where the front door is and the window there it's like you can see so far up and it's so dark and you can't i'm looking at it now oh i can see a bit of the top of the set when Mister C is telling a story about uh, his eating problem, above like where the fonz is sitting, no, to the left of where the fonz is sitting, when you go up above a light switch, you can see the very top of the set. There, you can see the light. I love it. that's Jerry Paris. He's beginning to, he's moving the show along. He's keeping it moving at a pace, but he's also <laughs> letting the side down occasionally in the quality control. And you can see, at at one moment in the with uh with the tough guys going after the Fonz with the camera kind of swoop well not quite swoops moves in front of the booths you can see the edges of the booths where the wall should be and you can just see more floor so you realize okay all those times we've seen the booth's not there so the booths I guess do move I guess the booths get locked down by Al and then Arnold before him, and the booths can move, because they have moved. And maybe there is some space in between there and the wall. I don't know, but um, we are really getting into prime Jerry Paris. Watch the tops and bottom of the sets for things to appear. Mr. C does mention he's going to have to spend, is it 700 a year or 700 a semester to send Richie to college. There is a moment where the Fonz sort of says, don't don't say that the Fonz here wasn't in complete control. Kind of implying that the Fonz has not been in complete control before, but with just a few exceptions, the Fonz has always been in control, hasn't he? I mean, that's part of the the great thing about the Fonz. That's why the Fonz does what the Fonz does because he's in control. Boom. I think I think that's about all I have. I mean, there there are other things going on. Um, yeah, Lori Glass and. Um, are you going to hit me? I like that one. Katsy says, are you going to hit me? Um, I have written down Rush. And, and Patsy has some great stuff here. And I mean, like, like I said, it's, it's a decent episode. And for folks who want more of the Fonz, this has more of the Fonz. It has the Fonz acting. The Fonz just having some trouble. And acting a bit out of character. By the end, he seems to be back in character. You know, he wears a blue shirt for a bit. He makes birdhouses. He gets in trouble with Bernie and Butch. Hey, Butch. Hey, Bernie. I I do like that it's not only the Butch and Bernie who are confused by the Fonz sort of being more peaceful and not wanting to fight, but it's everyone else in Arnold's. Everyone else in Arnold's thinks the Fonz has become a coward. I I it's interesting that that no no one really seems to be like hey well, maybe the Fonz has a reason for doing that maybe there's a, I would love it if the Fonz like stood up on a table and said you know what? I'm not gonna fight these guys because I've been fighting too much and I would tell you this ain't the right thing to do and so I'm gonna knock it off they're gonna go away but the Fonz ain't a coward the Fonz just doesn't think fighting is the answer but he doesn't do that, and um, it just ends up being a little. And it just ends up being a little like, really, that's it's it's the the Fonz with all the Fonz is done for the, all the kids in the town and everything else. This is um, this is all you got for him. This this is like he, he he clearly he's not being cowardly. I mean, he's clearly when you watch him leave after, with Bernie, but he's clearly not wanting to beat the crap out of him. And he's controlling himself. And they think that's a coward? He didn't run away? I mean, he makes Bernie and Butch run away. Which show, shows off the coward part of it. But, um... Yeah. Well, that's. I, I'll, I'll just stop with that. I do... I do. One more thing I do like is the, um... When the Fonz is with the psychologist and says... Uh, uh, the psychologist is like, Oh, you're getting in fights. Yeah, can't you just give me a pill and I'll be out of here? It's not that easy. And then later on when the Fonz... When, um they're they're discussing the Fonz snapping his fingers and calling in gals <clears throat> and there's some funny stuff with that and the psychologist ends up on the couch and the Fonz says hey I'm here about my problem with fighting and the psychologist is like "Ah, we can give you a pill for that so yeah and I I, I would like to point out one more th- thing I keep one more thing whoever those kids are who have that blue convertible that seems to constantly break down in the parking lot of Arnold's that they have to push away. They need to um, get a new car or something, take it to Fonzie's shop, get him to repair it. They're just, they're getting on my nerves how many times that freaking thing breaks down. Oh, and yes, Fonzie, Ralph, and up um, Pot- uh, sorry, Fonzie, Ralph. And yes, uh, Richie, Ralph, and Pottsy are still playing baseball or something or other because there's a scene where they're... Um, with uh Joanie in the in the um in in uh fonzie's leather jacket where um and i think it's the first scene with the the birdhouses where the where the guys are in those those nondescript jerseys that are all dirty so apparently they've just played some b-ball so i'm gonna leave it there this this i'm gonna leave it there that was that was um mine of their own mind of their I wonder if that's a... No, I guess not. No, I was going to say, because of Mind of Their Own, for some reason, I just saw Mind of Their Own They are Playing Baseball. I instantly thought A League of Their Own, directed by Penny Marshall. And You know, obviously over, over... Well, obviously right after this. I don't know what the episode was. I didn't look it up, but there would be have been a fantastic uh, Laverne and Shirley um, episode, season two episode. So, um... Yeah, um that's this episode everyone thank you so much for listening I, I didn't mean to get down on it but you can see the show trying to go in a different direction which is fun and was very popular but is not as i don't think as interesting as what the show was doing in the previous season yeah there were a lot of fans led episodes in the previous season but there everyone sort of got episodes and such So we'll see how this season goes we're still early on let me let me have a look i'll sign us off we'll have a look at what's up next what is up next fonzie the father and fonzie's hero okay well the next episodes maybe fonzie related we, we will find out when we get to that so uh that was a uh, season four episode two of rocking all week with you, a happy days podcast. I'm your host Dan. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will be back next time with those two episodes. Fonzie's in the title of Fonzie's Happy Days. I mean, like I said, right? Fonzie's Happy Days. That's Fonzie is Fonzie's name. Yeah, is in what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. Wow. Okay. What did you for? In the first seven episodes of this season, Fonzie's name is in five of the episodes. I'm surprised his name isn't in this. I, I almost wonder if, like, it was like Fonzie and the psychologist, and at the last moment they're like, well, we're not going to make it Fonzie's Happy Days. Ron Howard isn't happy. Change the title. I don't know. I'll talk to you next time. Listen to this. We can even get it on if you want to. I won't make any comments. i <laughs>